0: When it comes to unity, we all have our ideas as to what it should look like. We'll take a look at unity from the eyes of Jesus next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. (music) The ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, this is Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. John chapter 17 is a record of one of the greatest known prayers in all of Scripture, the high priestly prayer. Jesus praying for His disciples and praying for us. And towards the end of this prayer, He has a unique request that we would be one even as He and the Father are one. That's the foundation for unity, and that's what we're looking at today, praying that we may be one. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast.
1: Turn, if you will, to John 17. We've been looking at how Christ prays and we get to set in, as it were, by the Gospel of John and hearing pray in the upper room. And what would he be praying uh, just hours before his arrest and his crucifixion? Uh, What would be on his mind? Well, we know he prays specifically for three categories. Verses 1 through 5, he prays for himself. Father, glorify me. I've completed the work you gave me. I want to go home. Glorify me with the glory I have with you before the foundation of the world. Verses 6 through 19, he prays specifically for the 11 men that are in that room. And by application, it extends to us. And what did he pray? Two things for sure. He prayed for their uh, being kept, being protected by God from the evil one. They weren't protected from martyrdom. They weren't protected from failing. Uh, They weren't protected from a lot of persecution. But they were to be protected from the evil one that had destroyed Judas. Don't let him destroy any of these men. And they were not destroyed, though ten of them were martyred. And one lived into his nineties. So Christ's prayer was answered on behalf of these men. Then he prayed in verse 17 through 19, would you set them aside for the mission that I came to make myself known to the world. Sanctify them, sanctify them by the truth, set them aside for the mission of making me known. Now, we move to a third category in which he says, I want to pray for those who believe the apostolic message. I want to pray for those who will be believers in the future. And I have two requests primarily, and we'll only look at one. I pray that they will remain and become one, that they will be united and not split or divided. And two... He says, and we won't be touching on it, but he prays, I want them to be where I am. Bring them to see the glory I have when I go to the Father. I want to share that glory. I want them to see it. We're going to look this morning on uh, the unity he prays for, and we pick up verse 20. I do not ask for these only, the 11, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. That's a remarkable verse, that you will love them just like you love the Son. Can you imagine the Father loving you like he loves the Son? He said it. What? is uh, going on here. What is he praying for? He is praying that in the future, as the apostles, because you remember when they came in the room, they were fighting over who was the greatest. They they fussed among themselves. Had plenty of rivalry. But now he says, I'm getting ready to go, and I'm going to send these 11 to preach, and there will be people at it, to my cause, to followership, as it were. I'm asking you to do something that takes a miracle. That is, make my people one and not scattered, divided, and split apart. It is hard to keep people together on any level. To keep a family together is not easy. Ah, to keep a club together. To keep a band going. Uh, it's hard to keep people together because there's something in each of us so cantankerous that it's not right unless we do it my way. Because we know everything. And we are divisive by nature. The flesh is always divisive. It's always more right. It's proud. It's just, How can you get proud people? People always right. Uh, I don't care if they're the same color, if they're of the same nation, they'll figure a way to hate each other, to divide with each other. So here he's praying, I'm asking you, Father, would you make my people one? Make my people one. And that's the thing we need to first of all get. Uh, Who is he praying would be one? He's praying that his own people, the people you've given me out of the world, The people that the Father has given to the Son. I'm praying you'll do this divine work among my people. Make them one. Well, uh, that sounds good. What kind of oneness? We all belong to the same church. We're all Presbyterian. Because Presbyterians never fight with each other. You obviously don't follow the... Presbyterian Church USA, you ought to look at some of the news, see what they, Baptists never fight. That's why there's so many Baptist churches. They have a fight, they start a new one. They call it church growth. It's usually a church split. Pentecostals don't fight. They're just all love until you don't know who the head bishop is. I don't care what the label is. We will find a way to disagree. But did God answer the prayer of his son? Well, I think we ought to examine this is a unity that no man can form. Only God can form it. Because look at the unity he's praying for. Look at verse 11. Holy Father, keep them. Well, let me start. The whole verse, and I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one. Like what? Whoa, 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 you just moved it up. You know, I never found that the word one is so hard to define. One is hard to define. Give you an example. My wife and I are one. Please explain that. We are one. We are 180 degrees opposite. We even have different genders. But we are one. But you have to qualify that. You'd have to say, no, 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 you're not one. There's two of you. You can't be one. Well, there's a mystery, isn't there? Uh, Ephesians said, the oneness between a husband and wife, are like the oneness between Christ and his church. There's a mystery. What realm of oneness? What, did he say we're all alike? It's uniformity? No, oneness. There's union. You share something in common. And then he ups it here. I want you to make them one like the Father and the Son are one. How can this be? Look at 1420. The verse McGee said is, that he said, none of you can interpret right. He's saying it to me in a line of preachers. He said, son, interpret the verse. And he said, I know you can't. He said, in that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Tell me what that means. Go. How do you explain the interpenetration of the Father and the Son The Son and the Father. Uh, Let's. the, The Jews were always asking during Christ's ministry, "Who's doing this stuff?" Jesus said, "My Father." No, no, no. Your Father didn't raise the dead man. It didn't heal the blind. You did. Well, see, whatever I do, the Father does. Would you tell? Cut it straight. We believe in your Father. We just don't believe in you. He said, "No. If you don't believe in me, you don't believe in the Father." Well, well, when does one start and the other stop? Uh, they don't. So that means uh, you and the Father are the same thing. John 10:30, he said, "We are the same thing. We're one thing. It's neuter in the Greek. We're not masculine. We're not the same person, but we're the same thing. What's the same thing? What's the neuter there? We share the same essence called God. We share the same attributes. We share the same nature, but it's shared equally by three divine persons so that we act in harmony, and the works you see me do, the Father does. And what the Father does, I can do. And the words I say are the words the Father. Wait, wait, and you're saying you make them one like we're one. United in life, united in mission, united in purpose, United in this God like the Son is with the Father. This is, no man can create this. No man can create this. No ecumenical movement can create this. No uh, fraternity of churches can create it. This is something divine. You can never look for visible unity until you have an invisible unity that's been established. Now, watch what he says. He qualifies it more down at 17. You're there, aren't you? I knew you would be. 21, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. He said, when they, the world sees the oneness, in the people of God, that they're bound together by a mutual life, mutual mission, mutual purpose, and when they love each other, like John 13 says, when they've got the same uh, love and the same uh, union with God, they will believe, I have come from you, because only Jesus Christ could form this kind of a people, united together together. To the triune Godhead. Believe it or not, you are related to the Trinity now. I'm in the circle. I'm loved by the Father like he loves his Son. I am in the Son. The Father has put me in that circle. I'm not outside the circle like mentioning Terry. We're in the circle. We are right. We've been united to the triune God. And there's a unity there that's so far beyond men. Verse 22, that they may be one as we are one. Not like marriage, like the Father and the Son are. Let them be perfectly become one. Well, this is unity on a level that is so high it is hard to I've wrestled with it always. How? What is there in all of the human race that's similar? The only thing I can think of is marriage, and and it's not perfect. This one between the Father and the Son is perfect. Put them in union. Put them in unity. Put it among them like it exists in the divine pattern. Wow. How? Is this unity formed? I'd say two ways. Two ways. One would be the new birth. Being born again. Regeneration. The other is the baptizing work of the spirit. What is this? Regeneration. I'm going to hell. I reject Christ. I don't know Christ. Uh, I've never heard of Christ. Somebody shares the gospel with me. And all of a sudden, the Spirit works in my heart, and I trust Christ as my Savior. I just received Jesus Christ, okay? I just did it. What happened to me? What took place at that moment? Well, at that moment, without even even knowing it, Jesus Christ came in me, and him coming into me, I could say, I now possess eternal life. He that has the Son has eternal life. 1 John 5, 13. Do I have eternal life? You better believe it. Can you see it? Eh, maybe not. You just see a nice dressed man. Good looking. Well, whatever. Take it by faith. Uh, you don't know, but he's in there. I've received Christ. See, I didn't give him my heart, I received him. I wish I would have got rid of that heart. He gave me a new heart, but I have trouble with the old one. I received Christ in me. So he's in me. And the baptizing work of the Spirit says, And you have been immersed into Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one Spirit... Where you baptized or immersed into the body of Christ. Whether Jew or Gentile, one's an eye, one's an ear. You, you've got different roles. You've got different distinctions, functions. But you're in one body with one head. So wait, Christ is in me. Is that true? But I am in Christ. I'm said to be a member of his body. Is that true? And 115 times he said, the believer is in Christ, and in Christ you're complete. In Christ, according to the Galatians, he doesn't consider your gender. He doesn't consider your ethnicity, whether you're Jew or Gentile. In Christ, He doesn't consider whether you're bond or free. All the uh, worldly category, way we categorize, well, she's male, uh, she's male. That's really quite an oxymoron. Yeah, I, I'm hearing all this new stuff. Now, uh, there's male, there's female, Jew, Gentile, uh, slave, free, rich, poor. Oh, we've got to categorize people. They make a lot of money. So what? They make a little money. It, it's our pride. You don't want to run around with poor folks. You might have to help them. I always run with folks who has got more money than you, then you won't have to be compassionate. It's a lot easier. That's right, you don't ever travel with someone that's broker than you, because they may want you to pick up the tab. So, always find that one uncle you can't stand that's got money. Travel with him. Just practical advice. That's why I travel with my brother. Uh, see, okay, so uh, do you, what categories are we talking? So wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm in Christ, Christ is in me. The Father's in me according to Ephesians 4. God who is in, in you all. God the, did you know God the Father is said to be in you? Listen to this verse. For he cannot continue to practice sin, for his seed, sperma, Greek, his seed remains in you. That sounds to me like the Father's in me. My Father's seed is in me. I look like him. I act a little bit like him. But anyway, I want, my DNA came from a man that passed on his seed and joined up with my mother, and I got their nature. God is in me, and the new nature is proof of it. A divine nature is in me, and according to 2 Peter, you have become partners in the divine nature through Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 1, 4. Now, am I in the Spirit? Oh, What do you, you've never read Romans, have you? You're either in the flesh or in the spirit. Romans 8, 5 through 8. In the flesh, in the spirit. What, I'm in the spirit, and the spirit's in me. Wait, wait, I walk into a restaurant order, they don't know how much deity I'm carrying around. They don't realize that a temple just walked in. They don't walk, hey, my body's a temple of the Holy Ghost. Spirit of God lives. hey. God just came in the room. Not me, the person, but I'm housing God. You don't believe it. That's okay. I'll take the word of God over your face. No, no. God says he lives in me. I live in him. Wow, whoever created that union... Yeah, 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 but but what if I go to Ethiopia and I meet somebody over there. You know, they're different color than those white folks. We couldn't be in the same family. Oh, 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 Wait, wait. What do they think of Jesus Christ? Oh, he's my savior. Ooh, but I'm a racist. Well, you better get over your racism because you might be meeting kin folks. Wait, wait, wait. How can you be my kin folks? You don't even look like me. Well, that's a blessing. You mean we can be kin folks? How can we be kin folks? What do you have in common? Have you been placed into Christ? Has Christ been placed in you? Have you been placed in the body? Has the spirit been placed? We, there's a union he forms of every kindred, tribe, and tongue. And he even lets us get mixed up with all your stupid labels. Some of you got the right label, but you're still an empty can. You got Heinz 57 on the label, and honey, there's still nothing in the can. You're a Baptist that's not saved. You're a Presbyterian that don't know God. Don't get to talking to me about labels. Labels don't save, and nobody's coming to the gate. And he said, well, how do you get in this place? Well, I'm a Presbyterian. I'm a Baptist. I'm a mixed up Pentecostal. I'm a mixed up something. You're not getting there on labels. You're getting there on Jesus. You're getting there on Jesus. Have you been born again? Has the Spirit of God come in you? Oh, but I know groups that would die for their label more than they would for Jesus. Because the label is so important. See, I've had such a variety of labels. I think of my schooling. Two years with Free Will Baptist. Two years at a regular Baptist school. I don't know what an irregular Baptist is, but I was with regular. Um, They, uh. Then I went to a Mennonite school for a year and then I went to an independent seminary in San Francisco. I finished in Denver, Colorado. Then I went to Dallas Seminary which was many denominations. So I've been with all kinds of folks and you know what? The thing that made them kin folks was Jesus. Yeah. Jesus coming together. God is for me one people of every kindred and tribe and tongue, every gender and every ethnicity, and he has answered the son's prayer. This started on the day of Pentecost after Christ was resurrected and he sent the spirit to begin to form a people. Now, that means whatever you do against one of the people, you're doing against a member of Christ. You don't want to mess with fellow believers especially if you are one. I was so glad, except I think my sister had some spanking rights. But as a whole, I was glad all the discipline came from my dad. Tried to keep David and Paul away from me. I want a brother, I don't want another parent. But they nearly raised me, babysit me in the summer. Are you in the family of God? Now, you know, it's amazing. I have to go elsewhere to show you this. What God has made, has made, that only He can make, He told us to maintain.
0: Taken from one of the sweetest prayers ever recorded in Scripture, our series is called Our High Priest Prays for Us, taken from John chapter 17. This is Truth For Today, Pastor Phil Howard, our teacher here on the broadcast. And as we close out our time together today, we would remind you that copies of the broadcast are available when you call or write to us. And for a gift of $10 or more, we'll say thank you by sending you the entire series, Our High Priest prays for us. Make sure you mention that when you contact us. And we do have a couple of ways that you can get a hold of us. Our phone number is 855 833 9864, that's 855-833-9864, or you can write to us at 1511 M Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, that's here in Hercules, our zip code, 94547. Another way to contact us would be through our website, valleybible.org. You can drop us an email, take advantage of online ordering, and purchase other resource materials as well as find out information about Valley Bible, who we are, and what we believe. Again, it's all at valleybible.org. Service times, if you are joining us here at Valley Bible Church, we meet at 9 and 11 a.m. Directions can be found at our website, valleybible.org, or, again, call 855-833-9864. This is a listener-supported ministry. We would appreciate your involvement financially and prayerfully. And again, for a gift of $10 or more this month, we'll say thank you by sending you the entire series, Our High Priest Prays for Us. We thank you for spending time with us today and look forward to seeing you next week at this same time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.